Hello, this is Aaron Bounds, pastor of the Anchor Church located in Zanesville, Ohio. I want to say thanks for tuning in today. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you to live the life God called you to live. you just lift your hands again the presence of the Lord is in this room I've come to magnify you Lord hallelujah it's your breath in my lungs I pour my praise out to you you're worthy Jesus And it's my obligation to give him some praise. It's not only my obligation, but it's my honor and my privilege to bow my knee before the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. It's my, it's my privilege to be called the Son of God, the child of God. Out of all the eight billion people nearly that are on this earth, he chose me to be one of his children. He gave me the opportunity And I'm so glad that I know the truth. Amen, amen. God is so good. What a great opportunity it is to minister. You all may be seated. I love the Anchor Church. God has been so good to all of us. And uh, I just want to give... Thanks to Pastor Bounds for this opportunity. Really, I would uh, be honored. I love listening to some of these young men preach. I love Brother Nehemiah ministering, who, Brother Cody, whoever it is. I just like to sit and listen sometimes. But uh, this is my... Uh, Pastor asks you to do something, you don't tell him no. All right? So I learned a long time ago to, uh, when pastor asks you, say yes. And uh, God has blessed me for that. Amen. Anybody blessed? Because we are blessed because we have the greatest pastor in North America. We give honor to Brother Nehemiah, Brother Cody, and all the ministers in the house. I appreciate every one of them. And what they bring to the anchor. Amen. I'm going to go to 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 17 and 18. And tonight the title of my message is, A Cross or a Crutch. For Christ sent me not to baptize, but to preach the gospel. Not with wisdom of words lest the cross of Christ should be made of none effect. For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness. But unto us which are saved, it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and will bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. You may be seated in Jesus' name. 
We all know, at least I think we all should know who Ted Turner is. He is the founder of CNN. He is the former owner of the Atlanta Braves. And uh, several years ago, he made a statement that kind of dis, dis, was like a thorn in the side to me. He said, Christianity is for the weak and those that need a crutch. I will tell you one thing, I need the Lord. Amen. And I am weak. That's why I need him. I don't need the things of this world to make it uh, through this life. What I need in this world to make it to the end, because I'm not living for today, I'm not living for yesterday, I'm living for eternity. Amen. So I do need... I do need the cross in my life. The reason he probably made this statement is because he never had an experience at the cross. He never bowed his knee and uh, gave his heart to the Lord at an old-fashioned altar or at, knelt at the cross. Kneel at the cross and Jesus will meet you there. Somewhere somebody missed giving him the opportunity to bow, their, bow his knee or inter, introduce him to the Christ of Calvary. Because if we understand the cross of Calvary, we understand it's not for the weak, those that who need a crutch, but it's for those who need Jesus Christ in their life. It's more than a crutch. We live in a world that are, is full of people carrying crutches around. They walk every day of their life, Brother Nehemiah, on a crutch. You've been there. Anybody else been on a crutch before? People every day, not because they want to, but somebody introduced them to something that say, this will make you happy. This will make you feel good. And so they never intended for it to be a crutch. They just meant meant for me a momentary thing but they got used to the crutch and they just made a life out of walking on their crutch there's not a person in this room that has not had a, a, a something go wrong in your life you haven't had a tragedy you haven't had a downfall you haven't had uh, something just not go right in your life and you have a weakness in your, in your life, and somebody says, I got something for you. Without ever introducing you to Jesus, they introduce, introduce you to a crutch. But I came to tell you tonight, you don't need a crutch, you need a cross. And when you get the cross, ha, when you have the cross, you don't need a crutch. And we should never use the church as a crutch. The church is not a crutch. It's a cross that my Lord and Savior died for every one of us. The man, the God of glory, who robed himself in humanity. He became like us so we could become like him. He died on that cross because I had shortcomings. I had sin in my life. And I needed something to take the place of my uh, sacrifice or my sin. And he took that place. There's, I was born in sin. 
And if you go back to Genesis, to the book of the very beginning, we can see from the very fall of man being deceived by Satan because of one man, sin entered into this world. But by one man, the second Adam, sin was done away with at the cross. He made restitution, the second man, second man did, the second Adam. Restitution and restoration was what his ministry was all about. He, he came, he robed himself in flesh, he walked this earth, he was tempted on every point like we are, but yet he was without sin. There's nothing more important in Scripture and at all points to the redemption of man with their Redeemer. We all fall short of the glory of God. I was born in sin. I was shaping in iniquity. There's not a person in this world, in this room right now, that was not born in sin. There's not a perfect person here today. So all of us have had a severed relationship with the Almighty God. But there comes a point in your life and in your, in your uh, walk with God where you have to find a cross. You have to kneel at the cross and yield yourself to the cross so you can go forward in Christ. There is nothing, there is nothing in this world that I would rather find myself kneeling at than at the cross of Jesus Christ. It's a strange, it's a strange message. It's a strange story that there should be life out of death. The Jews were looking for a Messiah who would take who would throw off the Roman yoke that was given to them and give them liberty from their captives and those that had oppressed them and taken advantage of them. The reason why Israel was in the condition it was in because of sin. Because they kept looking at the world. They kept looking at things of the world and soon it became a crutch. They missed the fact that their Messiah would be the one who would suffer for, their, for the sin of his people. Isaiah chapter 53. Who hath believed our report? To whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant and as a root out of a dry ground. He, he hath no former comeliness, but when we shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. We hid as if it were our faces from him. He was despised and we esteemed him not. Surely he hath borne our grief and carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him and with his stripes we are healed hallelujah he was despised and rejected of men he was acquainted with grief and we hid our faces from him as if and he was despised and we esteemed him not how many are willing to nail to kneel at a cross of a rejected savior. Most of us want to find ourselves around somebody who is that go-to guy or that big name. You know, we find ourselves name dropping. Anybody ever do find ourselves around somebody name drops? I've been with such a, this such and such famous person. I've been, you know, I've rubbed shoulders with Aaron Bounds. 
<laughs> we can all say that, can't we? But 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 21 to 24, we'll carry on there. For after that, in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. For it pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. For the Jews require a sign and the Greeks seek wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified. Under the Jews, a stumbling block. And under the Greeks, foolishness. But of them which are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. Because the foolishness of God is wiser than men and the weakness of God is stronger than men. Preaching Christ was a stumbling block to the Jews. They hated him. Everything he did. The Bible says everywhere he went, he went about doing good. Isn't it amazing when the Lord starts doing good things in, in people's lives that people get mad and they get upset and they get angry? You know why? Because it messes, up, it messes with people's thinking. It messes with their theology and it messes with the way God is working in their wanting to work in their lives. And so a lot of people, he was despised by his own people. He was rejected. But because I want to tell somebody in this room, because you've been rejected by people doesn't mean that God rejects you. If there's anything you've got to learn in life, once you've nailed at the cross, and I'm sure, we're, and I preach this to our church, we have to have self-esteem. We have to know who we are. We have to know what we believe. And when we are like that, we can ha and we have a cross in our life, there is a way that we can think. You cannot control every thought that comes into your mind, Brother Nehemiah, but you can, you can manage how long it stays there. You can let somebody tell you that this is not for you, that the truth isn't for you, that water baptism in Jesus' name and repentance is not for you, but you don't have to leave that stick in your mind. What you have to fill your mind full of is the Word of God. Somebody tell you, you don't need Jesus. What I've got is a crutch for you that's much better because you don't have to go to church all the time. You don't have to do this stuff, but man, you can have a good time with me on Friday night. You can go with me. Our bars are full. It used to be they advertised. It used to advertise uh, uh, drinking for the weekends. When you watch television, everybody's living for the weekend. Remember those commercials? That means you worked all week and then you spent the weekend partying. Now they're wanting you to go party every night. It's I got to stop tonight and have one. The world stopped at the bar. The world stops at, for their entertainment. And I got, I got to have a cold one because today's just been too stressful for me. I've got a crutch. I've got a crutch. Today hasn't been too stressful. I'll tell you what my stressful day looks like. When I got stressed, I go, Jesus, I need you right now. I choose, I choose to pick up the cross that is before me.
I choose to live close to the cross. I use to carry, I choose to carry a cross and not a crutch. He may, the preaching of of Christ is a stumbling block to to some. Even the religious world, if you preach, if you preach some of the things that we preach in the apostolic church, it upsets the religious world. But I don't ever want to let go of the standards and the things that I've been taught, Brother Melink. Because if I let go of those things, I'll become a sounding brass and I'll become a tinkling cymbal and I'll start looking for crutches in my life when I have a cross that I've got to bear. I've got a cross that I can go to. I've got a cross that I can kneel at. Huh. The word that comes from the word foolishness, the word that comes from foolishness is the same word which we get our word moron from. To the, to the lost, the idea of trusting in a suffering, bleeding man for our salvation is moronic. They don't understand it, but there's something about when you fall in love with Jesus, when you feel his presence for the first time, it doesn't make sense always. Brother Danny, when you walk through the, the doors of this church, you found something that you never found in anything else in this world. It makes no sense because they've never felt him the way that we do. What saddens me is, it doesn't sadden me. What, what, the reason why we invo- invite people to church, and I'll say something later. The reason why we invite people to church, Brother Nehemiah, is because we, we want them to feel what we felt when we walked through the doors of the church the very first time. Even though we thought people were cuckoo for cocoa puffs. Even though we thought, man, them people are I'm sure, Brother Chuck, you didn't have, your first impression was like, wow. We weren't hanging from the chandeliers because they were too high, but I'm glad I'm a part of a worshiping church. I'm glad I'm a. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm glad I'm a part of a church that knows how to get a hold of God. And we're not afraid to walk through the doors. I love hearing amen. That just kind of like saying sick them to a dog. Right? The gospels depict a brutal and an awful death experienced from, the, from a view of the cross, the death of Christ. The, the, the death that Christ died on the cross was one that was absolute torture. You and I cannot even imagine all the pain that Jesus was forced to endure for our sake. Yet, he whispered not a word. Jesus paid it all. All to him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain, but Jesus washed it white as snow. Jesus paid it all. All to him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain, but he washed 
it white as snow. He was scourged. He was beaten with a cat of nine tails, with shards of glass or sharp stone on the end to cut. As they beat his flesh. He was spit upon. His beard was plucked from his face. He was mocked. He was stripped naked. He was nailed to the cross, the most cruel punishment that ever could be brought on a man. The ancient Assyrians were the first to crucify their victims. However, they did not nail them to the cross. They merely impaled them on sharpened stakes and left them to die a slow, torturous, horrible death. They often were there for several days. But the Romans streamlined that method and they added a little touch of actually nailing their victims to the cross and often resulted in taking several days to die. But to speed up the process because they were impatient, they wanted them out. They would go and break their legs after several hours because their legs pushed them up and kept them breathing. When your legs are broken, they had nothing to push up on. What a, what a gruesome message. But it was a cross that he bore for us. He was given a bitter cup, one that drank, he drank willingly so, so that we might be saved, so that we don't have to go through life with crutches every day. The details, the details are disturbing as you read through the scripture. But it's a necessary truth for us that we must proclaim. It must be heard before there could be a salvation experience. Before you can have, before you can have the Holy Ghost, you've got to have a cross. You've got to have a Calvary. Before you can have a day of Pentecost, you've got to have a Calvary. Because if it wasn't for the death, the burial, and the resurrection, there's no salvation in this gospel. The purpose of the cross, making a statement since the Old Testament, the Lord had been telling his people that he loves them. And it seems like every time that Israel was going doing something, it seemed like they were always being punished. Now, how many, how many have whipped your kids before? Now, my dad never said this that I ever remember. But he, I never heard him say, this is going to hurt me worse than it's going to hurt you. Judy, do you ever remember dad saying that? No, I think my dad sometimes found pleasure. <laughs> I know he found pleasure in sticking me in the corner. I don't know about giving me a whipping. But, but he, did not, he did not correct me to tear me down or belittle me. But he corrected me so I could live and I could have life and live a good life. That's why the Lord always found himself. He loved the children of Israel. He loved his people, his chosen people. But it seemed like they were always finding themselves in a place where he had to chasten them and get them 
turned around and look in the right direction. It's pretty easy sometimes when we've been in church for a while to start looking the wrong way. It's pretty easy for us sometimes to look at somebody else and think they've got it better than us. When we've got a cross, they've got a crutch, and they seem happy, and we seem like, wow. Am I being real? Have you all been happy all, every day since the Lord? Have you ever had a bad day? Brother Dillingham preached the master of the threshing floor on Sunday to us. And sometimes God takes us through things to make us and take us where he wants us to be. He takes us to take the chafe out of our life and he puts and he gets a hold of the seed because the good seed is what's going to. And sometimes things have to be separated. So the seed will come out. There's something in every one of us. There's good in every person in this room. You have seed. And sometimes things happen in life. Life gets bitter sometimes. Life gets hard. But it doesn't mean I'm going to lay down my cross. I'm going to carry it to the end, Brother, Brother Melik, because this is, I love this message. I love this truth. I love living for God. Amen. <laughs> I made up my mind a long time ago. No matter who comes, who goes. I'm not going anywhere. I want to tell you something that will help you that are struggling walking with God. If you'll just plant your foot. If you'll just plant your foot and say, I'm going to kneel at the cross. Nothing is going to move me from where I'm at. I've got an experience with Christ. I've got to walk with God. And that no matter what comes my way, I've got to hang on. And when you get to the end of your rope, tie a knot and hang on. Because it's going to get better. Jeremiah 31 and 3 says, The Lord hath appeared of old unto me, saying, Yea, I have loved them with an everlasting love. Therefore, with loving kindness have I drawn thee. In his death on the cross, God was boldly able to declare for all to see that his boundless love, his matchless love, and his love for all of mankind, not just for the children of Israel, but for every man, woman, boy, and girl that was existing then or were to come on this world, earth. He, he died and he showed his love that day on the cross by giving himself for all of us. The cross was a statement made by God of the, his love for this world. The cross was about providing salvation. Scripture tells us that there is no other way to cleanse us from sin. It was the blood of bulls and goats that rolled back the sins of Israel until the innocent blood of Christ became the blood of the lamb slain from the foundation of the earth. And when he died on the cross, we have a place of repentance. We have a place of remission of sins in our lives. It was his love. For us, it was the cross that provided and made provision for our salvation. When Jesus died on the cross, it forever settled the debt of sin for mankind. 
In just a few minutes, I'm going to yield my time to Brother Bounds, and he can use it next week as long as he wants. <laughs> Anybody ever watch CNN? And there's representatives or senators get up and say, I yield my time to the next guy. So I'm going to yield my time to Brother Bounds here in just a few minutes. And next week, he can preach as long as he wants. <laughs> 1 Peter 1, 18 and 19. For as much as ye know that ye were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversations received by traditions of your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ, as of, as of a lamb without blemish and without spot, he was sinless, yet he purposed to come to this earth, robe himself in flesh, and die for us. The third reason for the cross, or the third purpose for the cross, is that he defeated Satan. Jesus went to hell, and in those three days, he took the keys to death, hell, and the grave. When he was on the cross, he didn't say, I am finished. He said, it is finished. It is finished. The goal of Satan, the goal of Satan is to bring bondage condemnation the goal of satan is to destroy devour and to consume and to uh, get your mind on the things of this world and off the things of christ the goal of satan is to destroy and to tear us out and take us down and so the devil if he can get control of your mind he can get control of your life Reach Philippians 4.13. Think on the good things that are just and pure and lovely. And you start thinking the right way, the devil's going to flee. Resist the devil and he'll flee from you. You can't allow the devil to keep talking to you. You've got to get somewhere in your mind. I told you, you, can control your, you can't control what comes into your mind, but you sure can control how long it stays there. You better let go. You better let go. Or you'll be devoured by envy. You can be devoured by strife and jealousy because something enters into your mind. You can be devoured by insecurity and uh, feel like somebody else is better than you if you allow it to stay in your mind. You better believe that you, when you get up in the morning and when you go to bed, you better look in the mirror and say, I'm a child of God. I have purpose. I have reason. I don't need any crutches. I've got a cross. Don't you allow the devil to offer you a crutch, making you depend on something because of your past, because of circumstances that you didn't have anything to do with. You can, re you can begin to rely on excuses you can, because of emotional and mental stress, and you can, he will offer you a crutch that will alter your mind and alter your way of thinking and where you can't even feel the presence of God. Our rehab facilities are full of people that somebody's offered a crutch. And they've got themselves in a situation that they can't control themselves. And they got to go back and find that high one more time. And you never find that first original high like you did. But when you find Jesus Christ, it's always the same. Maybe I'm, I've never messed, I've never, I've never messed around in the drug world. I don't have that kind of a testimony. Thank God that he kept me from that stuff. That something was placed in me. I guess I seen 
I seen some of the things that happened to others around me that caused me to really realize that I don't need those things to survive. When I knelt at 15 years old on Mother's Day and God filled me with the Holy Ghost, I haven't had a perfect life. I haven't had a perfect relationship with him, but I can tell you I've never one day wanted to turn my back and walk away because he did something to me. I planted myself. I told some of our people, if you're struggling with, am I going to go to church today? Am I going to stay home today? I don't feel like going to church. I just think you ought to make that no option. I don't feel like going to work four out of five days of the week. Sometimes four and a half out of five days. But I can tell you there's a payday on Thursday or Friday that lets me know that if I get up and go to work, I'm going to get paid. And I can tell you one thing, if you do not make, if it's not an option every time, when we grew up, Judy, when we pulled up to the church in Coshocton, it was us chickens, just us chickens, us four and no more sometimes. But dad always said, never was an option. I'm staying home. I'm telling you something as the pastor of the church, you can't stay home whenever you feel like it. And I told someone, what if I felt like you sometimes? Brother Nehemiah, am I, am I speaking the truth? But there's a cross. I can't wait to get to church. It's, it's, not, it's not a drudgery for me to go to church. Man, I can't wait to get there. I can't wait to get with my brothers and sisters because sometimes I've struggled. And when I get there, somebody says, hey, there you are. Man, I'm so happy to see you when you've been around people all week long that have not looked forward to seeing you. <laughs> but when you get in the house of God, when you walk through the doors, you're made welcome in, when you walk through those doors. And I just love the house of God. I hope I'm not going too far and too long. Sin will take you farther than you want to go. It'll keep you longer than you want to stay. And it'll cost you more than you want to pay. Do you realize, Tracy and I were driving down the road and we were talking about some circumstances and situations that are going on. And she looked at me and she said, Benny, sin is selfish. It's a selfish act to appease your flesh and not worry about anybody else. But a cross is a selfless act where it's not about you, it's about him. Sin will make you selfish, but a cross will make you selfless. The crutch is temporary. The cross is eternal. As I'm getting ready to close today, I have a question for everyone in this room. Are you willing to kneel at the cross? Or would you rather lean on your crutch? Would you rather have salvation and peace and eternal life? Or would you rather just have your temporary fix? I came to offer you an exchange today if you'll bring your crutch 
there's a cross for you to kneel at today. You don't have to, you don't have to leave, you don't have to leave here with your crutch. You can leave here changed. You can leave here a different person. Can you imagine, can you imagine how Mary felt that day? Watching her son being brutally beaten, spit upon, a crown of thorns placed upon his head, and in mocking and being mocked, and the kingdom of God being mocked. She knew, she knew the, the eternal ramifications of Jesus and what was really going on. But can you imagine Mary as she stood there watching Jesus on that cross? Or can you imagine your mother or your family members watching you with crutches in your arms? with crutches in your life, how brutal it is as a parent to watch a child who doesn't have a cross, but they've got a crutch. How happy would it be for a mother today if she saw her child or a family member saw their family member come to an altar and put down their crutch and pick up a cross? You cannot, you cannot, and we try in this world, we try to use chemicals, we try to use remedies that are not uh, God-ordained because of things that we're going through right now. We are all spiritual beings. We live in spiritual barrenness, and we're doing things uh, in, the car, in the flesh and trying to please the flesh and trying to please the, the natural man when we need to be pleasing the Spirit of God. There's something born in every one of us. Every one of us has a calling to serve Christ. But we try. We try with things that please the eye. And we try with things that please the flesh. And they're only temporal. Temporal su substance will never fill the void that was created by God in all of us. To be filled with him in communion and adoration and yielding to him. You will never gamble your way to Christ. Uh, uh, through life and be happy. You will never work your way. You can become a workaholic and try to escape. It can become a crutch to you because there's circumstances and things that you really don't want to face. You will never play your way out or off of your crutch. You'll never drink your way. You will never have a relationship the way that it should be with a cross. And you'll never excuse away your crutch. The power of the cross today is when faith in our hearts places trust in the shed blood of Jesus Christ. There is power, power, wonder-working power in the blood of the Lamb. Would you be free from your burden of sin? There's power in the blood. Power in the blood. Hell is defeated. No blood washed, no blood bought. Individual will ever experience the, plane, the flames of hell when we have a cross and not a crutch. Heaven is delivered. Our hopes and our thoughts are turned from now to the eternal. Everyone in the room today will spend eternity somewhere. Have you been to Jesus for the cleansing flood? Oh, be washed as we all stand in the blood of the Lamb. Are your garments spotless? Are they white as snow? Oh, be washed in the blood of the Lamb. We can, 
There are many examples. Brother Nehemiah could come up to you, up to you, up here tonight and testify of his transformation from a crutch to a cross. And I don't know everyone's story in here. Brother Gene Tehi, I just read his story again. And I preach it in Coshocton to people. Brother Danny, you have traded your crutch for a cross. Sister Krista, you didn't have to. You could have stayed where you was. You could have accepted your crutch and spent your lives on crutches. But instead, you have a cross. And look at this beautiful couple today because they chose to put down their crutch and pick up their cross. Take up your cross and follow Jesus. I'm sure there's somebody in this room today that has a crutch that you'd like to lay down and you want to trade it for a cross. I want to give you an opportunity to come to this altar, bow your head and say, Lord, it's at the cross, at the cross where I first saw the light and the burdens of my heart rolled away. Because I can promise you one thing. There is not a person that comes to an altar and bows their knee or stands here and says, Lord, I'm sorry for the, the sins that I've committed. I've, I'm sorry for everything that I've done wrong. I'm sorry, Lord, for the path that I've chosen in life. But I want to make an about face and I want to start walking towards you and not away from you. And when you make that decision, it'll be the best day of your life. It will so impact you that the date, the time, and the place that you got the Holy Ghost will never leave your mind or your heart. I remember the day I got baptized. I remember the day I got the Holy Ghost. It was at the, up on the hill, Mother's Day, and I danced on one leg from one end of the pew to the other. I'll never forget it. All the days of my life, it so impacted me and changed me and put something in my spirit. Oh, I want to offer you today for your loneliness, for your sadness, for your crutch is the cross of Christ who died for you and gave himself for you that you can live, that I can have life and have it more abundantly. How many want to live abundant life? Living for Jesus is abundant life. It may be a cross. Everyone in this room is going to have to pick up a cross because the Bible says to take up your cross and follow me. But if you don't pick up your cross, You'll pick up a crutch, and I can promise you, your crutch is much better than your cross. Or your cross is much better than your crutch. Come on, somebody. Anybody want to give their heart to the Lord? If you ask my sister Judy, if you ask my sister Judy about my dad before he came to the Lord, Beverly tells me she was afraid of dad angry he was a race car driver competitive drank a lot but when he came to the cross <laughs> it's the reason why I'm here because Roy Dunlap took my dad to a cross he said he said junior he said I found the cross Will you go to the cross with me? Then I've watched my dad lead others to the cross, Brother Nehemiah, because of the change it made in him. The day my dad went to the altar, he laid down his cigarettes and his booze and never had a craving. 
You know why he did that? Because he purposed in his mind that I'm not going to pick up a crutch again. If you will lay it down with a purpose and say it's not coming back, God will deliver you instantly. I believe that with all of my heart. You do not have to carry out of this room tonight what you've been carrying in your heart for years. Ha! There's a cross. There's a cross here that's waiting to bring healing and hope to your life. In Jesus' name. Let's just take a moment and pray all across the building. Can we do that? The Holy Ghost is here. It's a powerful word of God. Let's respond to the word of the Lord this evening. The Lord has given us hope. Thank God for the cross. These altars are open. Come on, let's be tender to the word of the Lord this evening. Thanks again for listening to the Anchor Church Podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure you subscribe so you can keep up on our weekly sermons. If you're in the Zanesville area, we invite you to join us on Sundays. You can find all the details on our website at theanchor.church. Again, thanks so much for listening, and we hope to see you soon.